재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵. OPEC, the world's largest oil cartel, reached a landmark agreement. This Wednesday to scale back its crude output. It's the first such agreement among the oil producing member states in more than eight years. And to get some immediate analysis on what has been deemed a surprise move, what will happen? Uh, what's the prospect uh, as far as oil prices are concerned? Will they uh, go on a sustained Upward trajectory. How will that improve the prospects of various economies around the world, like South Korea? We're going to get some analysis from our very good friend from Catholic University of Korea Economics, Professor Young Jun Sok. Hello. Hi. Well, thank you for joining us, Professor Young. As always, a pleasure. Uh, let's see. Uh, how surprised were you by this? Uh, the numbers that you saw, and um, we know that the immediate reaction was, of course, quite bullish. But uh, I guess uh, the question is: um, Is this going to have an impact long term? Okay, there are several questions like this. Yeah. Let me try to tackle it one by one. Uh, right now, uh, according to OPEC, they're producing about 33.24 million barrels per day. This will be cut to somewhere between 32.5 and 33.0 million barrels per day. So they're thinking about reduction of about 700,000 barrels per day. So that's not much. Uh, now, uh, there has been a real bull market because they, uh, the market caught this by uh, this uh, decision caught the market by surprise. But some of the initial, more serious analysis which are coming out seems to be saying that at best, perhaps about ten dollars a barrel, unless something changes a lot. Uh, so uh, uh, it's uh, it's going to have some effect. It's questionable whether it'll be a big effect, but I think. Because this is such a uh, surprising news, it's caught a lot of people by surprise. And even if the oil prices go up by a small amount, uh, it will have an impact on inflation figures for most of the uh, major countries. Yeah. And it may actually increase the consumer price index uh, by enough so that uh, United States may consider a uh, rise in interest rate more uh, Positively, right. So I think that has also a part of, uh, part to do with this. A uh, bit of a warning, though. Mm-hmm. If if you look at the uh, price changes, remember, only about four or five years ago, we had some of the highest prices that we'd ever seen, uh, more than hundred dollars per barrel, uh, and now we have some of the lowest prices that we've ever seen. And if you actually look at the uh, percentage of oversupply or over demand, uh, it's not really all that much. Uh, it's a, a signal that in uh, technical speak, the oil demand is very uh, inelastic. Mm-hmm. So uh, while, uh, while the uh, reduction of supply is not big enough to really have a major change in prices, uh, if it's coupled by increase in demand, then there is some possibility. I would rate it a very slim possibility, but slim possibility that prices will rise even higher. Yeah, that's interesting. Now, in the lead up to, as as you pointed out, and as the investors, of course, by their reaction to this and a lot of the pundits around the world, this was indeed a surprise. And not a lot of people expected that uh, they would make this decision to cut 
production, uh, even though it is maybe not a major uh, amount, as you've pointed out. But in the lead up to that, do you think there has been now some sort of coalescing, some getting together of among the major OPEC players like Saudi Arabia, sort of maybe reaching out to Iran, who they consider to be a strong rival? And you, we will see perhaps a more cohesive unit going forward as far as OPEC goes and maybe being a little bit more hawkish on oil production? Okay, I wouldn't make a bet yet. Okay. Uh, again, uh, the uh, reports which are coming out are uh, initial reports, and some of them are based on rumors as much as anything else. And right now, they seem to be saying that uh, one of the uh, ways that they got uh, the members to agree was to say that Iran will not be uh, subject to any uh, hard limits on how much they can produce. And the actual amount that each, uh, all the other members can produce will be worked out in the next meeting. So it can all fall apart very quickly. Uh, but Saudi Arabia is signaling that they are willing to, uh, stop the, uh, production war and, uh, uh, try to get their act together. Now, remember though that a big difference between OPEC now and OPEC say about 20 years ago is that a lot of non-OPEC members are now major producers right. like the United States and Russia. So uh, you also have to wonder whether they'll go along with the uh, idea of raising prices. And that's an interesting aspect to this because we keep talking about, oh, how, and we will get to South Korea, of course, shortly, but, um, the United States and you talked about the CPI and if inflation, uh, gets to a certain level that uh, we might see, uh, contraction in monetary policy, at least with the Fed, which would, of course, put some pressure over, um, uh, central banks around the world. But these OPEC nations themselves, professor, including, let's say, Saudi Arabia as sort of the, uh, the representative case of this is very Economies have suffered quite a bit because of this, as far as government revenue is concerned, and and budget shortfalls and what have you, right? Right. Uh, most of the uh, countries around the region they depend on uh, oil oil revenues for their uh, fiscal revenue, and apparently a lot of these countries will uh, not uh, have a budget surplus unless the oil prices are higher than sixty or eighty dollars, or even in some countries more than hundred dollars. Now, you mentioned Saudi Arabia, but the real basket case here is actually Venezuela. Mm. They're undergoing right. a full economic crisis right now because their oil revenue has fallen so much that uh, their government is just so much in deficit that they can't get their economic policy together. Yeah, and so those countries, uh, they would, uh, I suppose for their own self-interest, would like to see a sustained uh, rise in the oil prices do you believe that as far as the global economy and its pickup, whether we're talking about China and uh, whether they can get out of the doldrums and, and, and some of the other things we're seeing with you, are these all sort of correlated? I, I mean, are, is there a causality between what's going to happen with the oil prices and how the global economy fares? Okay, the market is acting like there is. Okay. Uh, one of the biggest things that they're worried about is deflation. And this will be an inflationary pressure, not a deflationary one. So I think they're taking this as a good news right now. I personally have my doubts. Uh, my personal feeling is that the low oil prices signaled very little demand for in the future. Uh, now, uh, raising the prices, I'm not sure how that will increase the demand for future unless you depend on psychological factors like more optimism. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll have to see whether this price rise sticks. 
uh, if it's, if the uh, supply becomes more limited, other countries follow, and there's more optimism, then there's a pretty good chance of recovery. But if the uh, members cheat, there's no optimism about the future, so the demand people do not expect future demand to really pick up all that much, then we might actually be in a worse position because we still have the uh, uh, depressed global economy, but only with higher oil prices. Right. And uh, I guess the final focus would be on uh, South Korea uh, here. Uh, walk me off the ledge on this uh, Pollyanna state, Pollyanna statement that I'm going to make. OK, higher oil prices. That's going to be a, a, a bomb. It's going to save the shipbuilding industry. We're going to be able to get uh, Daewoo and Hyundai Heavy sort of out of the doldrums. We're also going to be able to rescue Hanjin because of the uh, the shipping <laughs> lines being more robust. And in turn, we're going to see this uh, spillover effect and Korea is going to be hunky-dory? Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, that's a simple answer, I guess. Uh, there will be some, definitely some industries which will be able to pick up on this. Uh, petrochemicals for the uh, first few months of the higher oil prices. Uh, the construction industry, which will have more, perhaps more opportunity to uh, go into Middle East construction projects. Uh, shipping and shipbuilding, I'm a bit doubtful at the moment because, well, if the oil prices rise and if the recovery uh, takes place, which I uh, have a bit of a doubt about as I answered in the last question, even if that happens, uh, right now you have a global shipping glut, you have no demand for uh, new ships. So by the time that picks up, uh, well, it's questionable whether Hanjin shipping or uh, Hyundai shipping or Daewoo shipbuilding can last that long. So right. that's one problem. Second problem is that right now, uh, because partially because of the low oil prices, even with reduced exports, Korea has been getting uh, trade surplus. It has been getting current account surplus. And if the uh, oil prices does indeed increase, then there's uh, the amount of imports will probably go up, and that will threaten the uh, trade surplus. Uh, if the price goes high enough, then it may actually turn into a trade deficit, and that probably will not have good meaning for Korea. Uh, and then there's the general increase in cost of uh, producing and driving that goes along with higher oil prices. So yeah. overall, unless this really signals a uh, global recovery, uh, I'm not sure if this could be termed a good news for Korea. All right. Well, uh, you, you indeed talked me off the ledge there. <laughs> Professor Young, as always, thank you very much for joining us. Look forward to seeing you in person soon. Thank you.